Hey everybody and thanks for coming back to Serial Zombie Mom. I'm your host Tori and today um, I want to go ahead and just kind of dive right in to another urban legend. You know we talked about Bloody Mary um, not too long ago and then we've talked about some fairy tales and different things. Well I kind of wanted to go into this folk tale uh, that has been told through many many families um, and in different um, cultures all over the place. So right now I'm going to go into La Llorona. So everybody's heard and everybody's probably seen the new movie, uh, that came out a couple of years ago. Um, and you know, everybody obviously knows a basic idea of this story. So I'm going to kind of go into the legend, the origins, you know, and, and kind of a little bit more, and then I'll talk a, a little more freely after. Um, so La Llorona is a Latin American folklore that is also known as the weeping woman, the wailer, or the wailing woman. We've also seen it in a few places uh, where she is called the woman in white. There's many, many different accounts where you see uh, this particular person mostly near a body of water as well. So the legend actually starts with uh, a woman named Maria. And this is typically in Mexico or one of the, um, you know, South American, Latin American countries. Now, Maria was not exactly rich. Her family wasn't rich. She was a lot more poor. Um, however, she marries a ranchero. So kind of like a cowboy, a, a rich rancher. Um, their marriage you know, actually results in two beautiful children. So she has two beautiful little boys and, you know, th she thinks, you know, Hey, great. You know, I, I'm, I've married wealthy. I've married well. I'm taken care of. I've got these beautiful kids, you know, we're happy. Unfortunately, one day she witnesses her husband with another woman. So, instead of her going and confronting the cheating bastard for the piece of shit that he actually was, he go, you know, she goes and is just absolutely pissed. She's in a blind rage and she drowns her kids in the river. Of course, you know, once she's done this, she immediately regrets it. She freaks out. She's like, holy shit, what did I just fucking do? Like, she's inconsolable and is like, I can't believe I just did this. That sorry ass bastard's gonna pay. Like, you know, not only are they gone, but I'm gonna be gone too. So she um, drowns herself when she's unable to save her children. She is absolutely consumed by guilt um, and unfortunately after she passes, she and, and after she drowns herself, she's unable to kind of pass on to the other side. She's unable to enter the afterlife without her children by her side. Because being that they're gone, they've already gone, you know, they went ahead of her. With them not being by her side, she was unable to cross those gates or into that realm. Now, there is another version of the story, however, that, you know, she wasn't exactly married. Um, she was still a poor woman, but again, very, very beautiful, um, 
you know, that's one thing that we, we can agree upon in every story is that she was a very, very beautiful woman. So this other version shows her as a mistress. You know, she's been having this affair, this, this relationship with this ranchero. And unfortunately, you know, they have a couple, a couple of kids together, but he can't marry her because she is not of the social status that he has to marry to continue his wealth and to continue, um, kind of like his fortune. It's kind of like with princes and, you know, princesses and queens and kings and, and everything and how you had to marry of of a similar social status or at least someone with status to, you know, kind of stay in your role in the kingdom. So it's kind of the same here. Um, but you know, here she has these two illegitimate, illegitimate children by him. You know, some people already know who these kids belong to and everything, but he, you know, knows that he has to make a decision. You know, he may love her. He may want to be with her. He may, you know, but he can't make that decision. So he marries another, someone of a higher social status. Being that he did this, you know, she is inconsolable. Um, and therefore she's worried that, um, you know, they're going to take the kids away from her and she's not going to be able to have him or her kids. So that's why she kills them. Now there is another stating that, you know, it was a ranchero that did not want any children and, um, you know, was, was adamant that he didn't want them around um, he provided for them, however, you know, then he was going to marry and just let go of everything with them and they would be, you know, shitted out of having anything. They would be considered illegitimate. They would not, you know, carry his name. Like they would not, um, have the ability to later on reap any benefits because they would have been shunned. So there's a couple of different uh, versions of this story. Now, again, has, as I mentioned earlier, all stories are in agreement on the white dress, uh, wailing, crying, crying at night, inconsolable per, you know, person, um, and always being by the body of water. Now, the origins of this story can range from a couple of different places. It really just kind of depends on the area that is telling the story. Now, traditionally, this is told in Mexico. Um, Mexico, Central, and South America, you know, definitely Latin American countries. The entity is often referred to, um, or excuse me, confused with another character called La Malinche. And La Malinche was a Nahua woman who is seen as a traitor to her people because when Hernan Cortez came over with the Spaniards and, um, you know, is pretty much invading, you know, all the Indian communities, she was his translator. You know, she is pulled in as, as not only his translator, but becomes part of his Spanish group, um, and as well as his mistress. So she even bears a child with him. Now this whole act of everything happening with her was considered one of the 10 omens, um, 
for telling the conquest of Mexico. And this is where she is linked. Um, La, Minche, uh, La Malinche is, is linked here as um, part of this demise. Now, there are a lot of other stories like Iberian culture, there's uh, American Indian cultures of weeping women, and all of them kind of surround, you know, a similar story, whether it's killing their children, whether it's finding the loss of a child drowned, um, something always has to do with a body of water. So knowing this... You can expect to see this in multiple different um, folklores and and legends. Now, I apologize if I say this incorrectly. I'm going to do my best. Um, Chihuacuatl uh, of the Aztec mythology or Quilatsli. Um, some different names that may have been may, may have been used about a snake woman who was like a midwife during the time. Um, so dealt with all of the, the pregnant women in the tribes and stuff. Apparently something had happened where she had mourned her son. So some people or some, some, uh, communities may, you know, confuse this weeping woman or refer to the weeping woman as these characters. Now we even see this in Hebrew mythology with the stories of Eve and the Lilith. Now I can get onto a whole new thing there because that's just a really, really interesting um, topic. Uh, my husband will even say, you know, where the hell is Lilith in the Bible? You know, um, honestly, I haven't read the Bible, so I, I can't tell you, you know, whether she's there or not. I do know that she is in Hebrew culture, however. Now, also, there is a German folktale that actually dates about, I think it was 1486, um, somewhere in the 1480s, and there's also a Greek tale of Lamia, or Lamia. Now, if nobody knows who Lamia was, now, Lamia was a mistress to Zeus in Greek mythology, and so Hera finds out about this affair and realizes that Lamia has had, you know, children with Zeus and she's pissed because now you've got these demigodic demigods and demigoddesses that are, are roaming and she is absolutely livid and doesn't want this to be anything. So she's like, you know, fuck this. You know, he's, he's wronged me. He's screwing with, you know, our hierarchy. And so she goes, kidnaps all of the children out of grief and jealousy and kidnaps all the children and kills them. So there's a lot of women scorned here, I guess. <laughs> and unfortunately, Lamia is grief-stricken and very jealous of the fact that other people have children. So the the legend kind of follows the fact that since she's so upset over the loss of her own, that she seeks, kidnaps, and kills other people's children. 
um, especially seeming to be, you know, those who, um, are in certain social statuses and, and, and such. So knowing these, these facts that they're in, in these different, um, you know, mythologies, then we go on to why these things were told. Now, obviously a lot of these urban legends and a lot of these fairy tales and all these things have some sort of, um, moral story to tell. You know, a lot of the fairy tales don't trust, don't trust this person. Um, you know, be good to people, you know, whatever. Same thing kind of goes here. So in Mexico, the story encourages, encourages children not to go out or wander after dark. Now in the U.S., the story is retold a lot of times in the Hispanic community as it comes from, you know, the stories that they were told as children. It kind of go, it goes into that community and has slowly kind of branched out into, um, you know, the, American versions as well. And it's told here in the U.S. to scare children into good behavior and specifically to deter the children from playing near water, especially when they don't know how to swim or they're very young and they, you know, want to be scared away. Now in Venezuela, children are raised, um, to believe that this was a a woman who was a widow after the after a war and she kills her children in frustration because she um couldn't care for them you know she here she was her husband's dead he can't provide for her anymore so guess what she's not gonna have these kids anymore she's gonna go find somebody else so that's a venezuelan kind of story and this shows the spirit actually kidnapping and killing children as well now, this is kind of more a woman in desperation, and this is a little bit of a story stating to, oh, let me think of the words to, to, to explain it. Um, I guess this would be more of a, you know, do as your mother says, help mom out, you know, help, help the family, whatever. That's kind of where it leads me to believe when I read some of the accounts, um, as far as, you know, what some families have been told. Now, if I'm incorrect, you know, please, if you know a little bit more about some of these origin stories, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to add on to, um, the end of the episode to kind of give just a little bit more, um, maybe even as like, you know, listeners letters to, to be able to, um, add on to some of these. Now, in more recent years, there have been women who have done very, very similar things. Now, we have Susan Smith. Obviously, I will be covering her very soon. Don't worry. Um, she is coming up very, very, very soon on the list, but I'm not going to tell you exactly how soon. Um, but she is coming up, especially because she is local to um, my area. So, we have Susan Smith, we have, um, you know, just mothers who have killed their children, like Diane Downs, we have, uh, Lori Vallow, we have Casey Anthony, we have, you know, so there's so many different things where, where mothers have, have killed their children. So 
knowing this, this, you know, this being just a little bit different, we also know that there was a woman named Juana Lieja. Now, Juana Lieja was in Houston, Texas. This happened about 1986, um, and she was very, very desperate. She was a victim of criminal domestic violence. There was a lot of abuse going on in that family. Well, she knew the only way to be able to get out of that was to save her children, and the only way she was going to end their suffering was to attempt to kill them. She threw all seven of the kids into the Buffalo Bayou in Houston. And once they're all thrown in and she's standing there like, okay, you know, now do I go too? She realizes, what the hell have I done? And two of the kids didn't make it. I guess someone finally, like, came in and and tried to help or something. And two of the kids didn't make it. The other five are okay, and she is arrested. She actually declares that she is La Llorona. Now, whether she's trying to say she's possessed, or if she's trying to, maybe it could be just something as simple as a language barrier there, and it could have been something along the lines of, you know, um out of desperation, I'm acting as La Llorona because I didn't know what else to do, but I don't know. It sounds more as if she's trying to say she was possessed by the spirit of La Llorona, that she was her, and she had to, she had to do this. So, I tried to go and do a little bit of research about that, and I only found a couple. Maybe I need to go into multiple pages of Google. But um, in the first couple accounts that I saw, it was pretty much stating that, you know, it was like newspaper articles stating that she did this and acted as if, you know, she was possessed, or they were saying possessed by, you know, the spirit of La Llorona, or, you know, was was she desperate? So, um... Very, very, very interesting story. And I know a lot of people have probably seen, you know, like as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the, the latest movie. Now, there have been multiple, multiple movies on the idea of La Llorona or the Wailing Woman or the Woman in White. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers, there was a movie, I believe in the 80s, um, and it, I think think is the lady from who's the boss that plays this woman in white and everybody thinks that she's this this haunting creature in this home and it turns out she's just this old you know hermit that lost her child so therefore she's you know it's anyway it's it's really really good um but you know there's there's a lot of different movies depicting this woman in white. Now, we see different places, different hauntings that are called the Lady in White. Now, I do know also that, like, in the Old City Jail, when we talk about um, Lavinia Fisher in, in that that episode really early on, that, you know, she is seen as a woman in white or a light-colored dress, almost like a wedding dress. You know, you see many different accounts of these hauntings of women almost always being in 
white dresses. Um, Either that or you're going to see brown or black as a sign of mourning. That that woman was mourning at the time of her death. Um, So it's it's definitely a story that... um, You know, I don't hide from my children. I tell my family all these stories that I cover. They know uh, just as much as I do at at this point. And, you know, I let them know, you know, hey, these stories were told because, you know, you're going to mind your parents and you're going to, you know, if someone tells you not to go to the the water, you don't go to the water. If they say don't go down the street, you don't go down the street. You do as your parent says or else. So... I don't know. I mean, it's it's a pretty interesting story. So, I wish I could have done just a little bit more research, but I knew in order for me to, um, you know, get this out on time, that I knew that I had to kind of get this done pretty quickly, and I apologize if it feels a little, uh, a little bit shorter than, than it should, um, but I promise I will have more episodes coming up. Again, I do have Susan Smith coming up. I do have another um, case of another crazy fucking bitch who just really kind of takes the cake here. Um, and then we'll get into more of a few more well-known uh, serial killers and other other cases. So hope you guys enjoyed this. It was, I know, kind of a short episode being, you know, 20-some-odd minutes Um, but, you know, this was kind of a fun one to, to research and look for. So I hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you on the next episode. Have a great one. If you need to contact me for anything, have any questions or want to share any stories that you guys might have or any knowledge that you guys might have, you can email me at serialzombiemom at, at gmail.com. You can hit me up on the Facebook page or on Instagram um, on some of the pictures, and I will look forward to either speaking to you or reading your letters. So have a good one, guys. I will see you on the next one.